Hello and welcome to Third Time's a Charm, the show that takes an in-depth look at the third installment of a franchise. This is episode 64, Predators from 2010, and I'm your host, Mike the Hunted, and welcome to this action-packed episode. Joining me today is my survival partner, Kyle, who's not back to talk about Marvel or Star Wars, but rather a newly acquired Disney property, Predator. See, Predator became Disney in the 20th Century Fox takeover, and since the film Prey, the latest sequel in the franchise, was also recently released on Hulu at home, and a huge hit, I decided to ask Kyle on to talk about another franchise that we both love packed with wild characters and kick-ass visuals. This franchise, Predator. This one's got callbacks to the first two, an amazing cast, and just an all-around cool vibe going on. So join us on another world today as we, the most dangerous game, humans, are hunted for sport. But first, grab anything you can find to use as a weapon, because if it bleeds, we can kill it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Welcome back. Pushing too many papers. Or pencils or papers? I don't know what he says. Yo, pencil paper pusher. <laughs> yeah. With the baby butterfly. Here we are back at Third Time's a Charm. We're not talking about uh, Superhero Part 3 for the first time in a long time. Yeah, or Star Wars. Yeah. There's another franchise making somewhat of a comeback right about now this summer so i thought we would take our hand at talking about some predators and it is a, it is a disney property technically right we'll talk a little more about prey later on the most recent predator movie but yes recently released the most recent movie on hulu which is a disney plus sort of subsidiary or something like it's connected it's like one of the disney apps yeah yeah, yeah it's like disney adult <laughs> Technically, the Predator is a Disney prince at this point. <laughs> One reason I wanted to have you on is because a couple years ago, you, me, and Brian Rodriguez, we all went to the draft house and had a Predator and Predator 2 double feature. Do you remember that? Oh, um, wait, we did? Uh, yeah, I have a picture and everything. Of Predator? I mean, I know that Like, I didn't go to the Arnold one. I remember going to the nice guys there, so I was thinking Shane Black for a second. Uh-huh. We saw Clockwork there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm totally blanking on that. That's awesome. I'm going to try and jog your memory a little bit. Okay. So we went to see him there because they were playing on 35mm on okay. film. Yeah. During one part of Predator, there was like um missing frames. And I remember you got really irate about that. It was like a Carl Weathers moment. And, and it was cut because it was whatever the choppy print we were watching. Oh, wow. I scare myself sometimes with my bad memory. And then also during the introduction to Predators 2, 
the guy was going like all off about the comics and the tribes and all this. And you, Brian, and I were sort of like giggling to ourselves about it. And I think we might have shouted like, start the movie, start yeah. the movie. You were definitely there. I have photographic evidence, but I know you're a fan of Predator and all that. So uh, I wanted to see what you thought of this. Yeah, totally. Love the first one, of course. I just always think of like, I, I would love like a good guys weekend where uh, I, I would love to just like pick just like a little movie marathon, at least like three action films. And I think Predator would have to be on that. It's really tough to like come up with, you know, what am I going to do? any of the Rambos in there? Would I go aliens? Am I going to do any of the Terminators? But I don't know. There's something about Predator. I mean, Arnold in that, that whole team and the process of that movie was made. All those macho guys, two guys end up becoming governors. Uh, (laughs) Jesse Ventura, (laughs) shout out. It's just an awesome movie. I like it too. I remember growing up with that movie and loving it. And later, discovering the story the most dangerous game and coming to find that the predator sort of was a sci-fi remake of that the most dangerous game is about how this like eccentric maniac kind of lures shipwrecks to his island where he then hunts the survivors like sport predator comes to earth and hunts humans for sport because they're the most dangerous game apparently i love that dimension to it it's there if you want it to be but it's also just on its base of just a very high energy action movie yeah it's one of those great movies that begins as one thing and then turns into another i don't think they tried to hide it in the trailer or anything like that i know they wanted to do that with prey well i think predator even opens with a shot of a alien ship coming to earth like in yeah, outer space yeah. or something no but, so they're, exactly yeah. they're not hiding that aspect but the fact that the movie is just a military operation for the first at least half hour and then stuff starts to go awry and we find out that dylan's been hiding things yeah it's quite dust till dawn in that manner yeah even like hitchcock psycho yeah for sure yeah now what about part two with glover in the urban jungle los angeles yeah, I like it. It gets silly, like a lot of almost like Escape to L.A., you know, gets silly in uh-huh. comparison to Escape to New York. Yeah, Gary Busey shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, Gary Busey shows up. I mean, obviously just being in a more populated, not even just urban environment, but, you know, the fact that it's not many years in the future, but it takes place... T- 10 years after the movie came out at most something like that you know so it's just even supposed to be like a little like robocop-esque in that way so yeah actually i never thought about that before but you know the fact that there's gang there's like a jamaican gang there's a latin gang oh yeah gang violence but it's danny glover and like i mean they wanted arnold to come back but he wouldn't and so they're like let's just go in the opposite direction but sure you get danny glover because he's awesome in general but you know you throw him as a cop versus a predator he's getting too old for that shit man (laughs) (laughs) you have automatic at that point i guess the first two lethal maybe the third was i don't i don't know what year predator two and then lethal weapon three came out i don't know but at least two lethal weapons were out at that point yeah, and, and two RoboCops, which you've mentioned. You know, it's fun in that sense, and definitely builds, by the end of the movie, builds up a bit more lore. You go on the spaceship, you see a, a Xenomorph skull, you see a revolver. 
the Xenomorph Skull, the ultimate treasure of the space hunter, forever teasing and one day delivering the Alien vs. Predator AVP crossover. Well, I don't know if delivering is the right word. <laughs> I'm not saying it uh, successfully arrived, but it came nonetheless. That second one, at least, for the most part, uh, couldn't get through it. But I, I quite like Predator 2. I mean, it is no Predator 1. It's just, I just like the concept of taking the Predator and putting him in a new location. Yeah, new location. I like that it's it's the what they even say. It's like the concrete jungle versus yeah, the real yeah. jungle. They've definitely given up on they come at the hottest time of the year concept. That was a thing for a little while. We get Bill Paxton, the late great. Yeah, one of two actors who's been killed by an alien, a predator, and a terminator. So good on <laughs> on that. That's that's a great uh, hat trick to have right there. You know, it was interesting that they took a turn with part three, which came many, 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 many years later. And instead of having the predator come to Earth, this time the predator has sort of acquired a whole menagerie of aliens from different planets, including eight humans, and dropped them on some outer space game preserve. Yeah, this is even closer to what you were saying, like... <laughs> Most dangerous game stuff, right? Yeah, because Adrian Brody eventually, he's like, it's a game preserve, and we're the game. They call it right out. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it's awesome in that sense. And, you know, while I actually, it's funny, like you asked me a couple different movies if I would want to discuss, and then you were just even like, yeah, let's go with Predators. And I just happened to decide to rewatch it recently, for, you know, for the first time in a while because of Prey. And I and I really, I, I do like it. Did we see it in theaters together? No, you know, it's funny. I mean, I've only seen this once before. And oh, I really? Got, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I got my DVD from a blockbuster when it was closing down. I was like, oh, I might as well own Predators for like $3. Why not? It was one of those deals. And I took it home. I watched it once. I was like, yeah, that was pretty cool. Next. And I just sort of forgot about it for years and years until that kind of hard to watch The Predator came out a few years ago. Yeah, that was a letdown. Big letdown because everyone was all excited for Shane Black to come back. Shane Black, and it seemed like an interesting cast that like they just didn't end up getting to really do much. Yeah, it was just a big disappointment. They decided to get like too weird with it, with like Boyd Holbrook having a son, and the son is like on the spectrum, and that helped them in some kind of way. It just reminded me of like a weird sci-fi. Like, what's the one that Donnie Wahlberg's in? He ends up being, and it's like the it's Timothy Oliphant, Jason Lee. Oh, Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher. Yeah, like just like getting like a little too weird, like that like a little convoluted. It's funny you say that. Like for me, I felt that that one was sort of marketing a little towards too many kids or like a younger audience, you know, and, and it was a movie at odds with itself. And it had like all of this storyline with the child. And it was like, is this E.T. or is this Predator? Like if we're even going to do Halloween and he's going to wear the helmet. It felt uneven, convoluted, hard to follow at times. Yeah, it's just weird. It's like Tim Black wanted to continue this weird thing of, you know, he worked with a kid in Iron Man 3. He worked with a kid in the nice guys and he's just like oh maybe that's like you know christmas and now working with a kid like in a in an adult situation maybe that's my thing now maybe he should branch out next time a little bit yeah more. It, it seemed like a fun concept and like you know really enclosed location well it seemed almost like the predator side of avp2 which takes place sort of in the suburbs where the predators are trying to track yeah. down a predator alien hybrid that has gotten loose like just in sort of like in town you know and it becomes one of those like slasher flicks almost by the numbers yeah it kind of felt like it was trying to sort of get some of that vibe happening it's like what if we drop the predator in like any town usa and see what happens 
And I also heard there was a lot of rewrites and reshoots and all that. Yes, I know end. there was a lot of problems with that. But it just sucks because it's got Key, Michael Keen, it's got Thomas Jane. He's one of my favorite actors. And like, I know he's definitely got some uh, personal demons, but he's just a tremendous actor. It just really bummed me out because the guys are also, they're like former soldiers that are like, aren't they all, they're going to jail. Like they're all like convicted mm-hmm. in some kind of way. Like they have like PTSD, but then also have become like criminals in some kind of way. And it just seemed like a cool concept that just like fell completely flat on the execution yeah it felt a little too similar to the one we're going to talk about tonight a bit more predators where we have these eight sort of worst of the worst these convicts from all around the planet dropped together to sort of either work together or die trying only one's a convict technically yeah one's technically just a convict but they're all horrible terrible people that are great at being bad and that's sort of what we got with the the predator where they're all anti-heroes or something right like they've all done something terrible but they're here to atone for their sins and and go at it that way so it felt just like a little repetitive in that sense sure yeah now did you get a chance to watch prey yes that's why i happened to rewatch predators recently because after i watched prey i decided to rewatch predators I saw it as well, which was what inspired me to to talk about Predators tonight. But, you know, quickly, your thoughts on Prey. Were you even aware of it? I wasn't even aware of it until the beginning of this year that this movie is in existence. Um, It's like we talked about. It's released on Hulu, so it's technically now Disney production. Although I think this is the last thing with the 20th Century logo on it, technically. Oh, okay. I don't think it says 20th Century Fox. I think it's like 20th Century Film or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are, straight to streaming, theatrical quality, in my opinion. Streaming services are winning Best Picture now, so. But yeah, no, Prey was awesome. At least 20 minutes into it or whatever, and I forgot that they offered like a dubbed version, which I kind of wish I did. Yeah, that's what everyone is saying that has watched it originally in English, where they're like, oh, they should have just filmed it that way and released it only that way. And I'm I'm, I'm in that majority as well, where like that would have made it feel way more, not just authentic. Well, it was just kind of weird that a lot of the actors had like a Californian accent. A bunch of them were like straight up bros. That's why I didn't quite want to use the word authentic, but more like a period piece. Like, you know, we're already going to have like a monster from space taking us out of time in the period of the 1700s. Like I would have preferred to have watched it in that way first too, just so I wasn't taken out of it, you know, in any other direction. I really enjoyed it. Cool concept, just even of changing the name up to Prey. Yeah, dropping the Predator in another time zone as opposed to just another location altogether. Yeah, the earliest time zone we've seen besides like a flashback uh, in like AVP or something like that. Yeah, which I'm not quite sure is in this timeline. Really cool. I mean, because it's, yeah, it's pre-revolutionary war and it's got like the French fur trappers in it. You know, it definitely has like a message to it as well. Kind of cool that it's like the first... I mean, obviously, there were a lot of Native American actors used in, like, Dancing with Wolves. I guess lead, like, they are, I guess, because technically... Yeah, yeah, but here we have Amber Midthunder. Like, great what name. An awesome name, yeah. too, yeah. yeah. If I had a Native American last name, it would be Thigh Thunder. I thought it would just be Thunder Thighs. <laughs> so I knew her from Legion, the show Legion. Oh, you know, I never watched that. It's cool. It's trippy, though. I've always heard great things, and it just, like, it was in, like, a period where I, I, I just, like, wasn't watching, I feel like, a lot of TV, maybe, or... He's Professor X's son, but, like, it's about sort of surviving trauma, and it's three seasons of very deep, like, psychoanalysm. Just to prepare you, there's that, and then there's also, like, lots of cool sort of, like, mind powers going on. 
But that's cool. So that's like where she kind of got some recognition or. Yeah, and she kicked a lot of ass on that show. She was, it's like, it's hard to explain, but I guess, like, this guy's mutant power is, like, she's, like, inside him, and she comes out and, like, kicks ass and then, like, goes back inside him to, like, rest. So they're, like, this weird oh. sort of, like, duo. They're, like, two people in one. And she comes out, and she's, like, the bodyguard and just, like, beats the shit out of everybody. It's really cool. Gotcha. So, yes, it's like it's like Shazam. Kind of, except if Billy Batson sort of, like, was still there just hanging around in the background watching Shazam kick everyone's ass yeah okay well this is cool because like all the predator casts have been good to a degree but i don't think anything has come close to the predators cast i turned this movie on for the first time in over a decade and was like holy shit at everyone who started showing up in this movie we've got oscar winners in this movie we should go through the cast like all these heavy hitters starting with the stud himself this time adrian brody as royce Great choice for a lead in this. I mean, this is what? This came out in 2010, so five years or so after he won for, like, The Pianist, maybe even a little longer than that. I think he won in 2003 or something like that. I remember from back then and then when, like, rereading some stuff, you know, for this episode, they made the conscious choice of they didn't want it to be all, like, beefy guys, which is all they only did that really first one too i mean but the second one didn't really have like military like a pseudo military with uh, gary Busey, but they didn't want those like buff 80s guys they didn't want arnold but you know what kyle too like at the time in 2010 like the audience didn't want arnold either like we wanted more like the matrix had come and gone so we were more into kind of like i feel the leaner meaner oh definitely yeah the jason bournes and the things and like oh anyone can train enough and become like nowadays we have fucking bob odenkirk kicking ass on a bus you know <laughs> yeah it was cool to see like oh yeah i knew adrian brody from the darjeeling unlimited like in artsy fartsy things and i liked them as an actor but i never once expected to see him like blast laser guns at monsters which is awesome king kong was sort of his mainstream breakout which was 05 expendables is also 2010 but i only say this because terry cruz in that movie and then adrian brody in this both use that like automatic shotgun weapon which is really fucking cool that's so that's why that's why i bring it up interesting terry cruz yeah you don't we don't get anybody as big as terry cruz in here you get the big guy that like is supposed to be a little um, nod to Jesse Ventura with the same gun, and he's a big guy from uh, oh uh, the Russian uh, Oleg Taktarov. I think he's a, he's a UFC fighter from Chechnya. Okay, yeah, he's an actual real life fighter. He's been a, in a movie or two, and even he's not cut. You know, he looks like a wrestler from the eighties. Yeah, he's a big bear of a, of a dude. Then we have, dude, I couldn't believe he was in this movie. So we have Mahershala Ali in this movie and blew my mind. I was like, is this what he was up to in 20? Like, and then I remembered he's also in, because this is produced by Robert Rodriguez. And then I remembered that I believe he is also in Battle Angel Alita, which was produced by or directed by Robert Rodriguez. So I was like, oh, he plays around in some stuff. Like he does nice, great, serious work. But I forgot that he likes to have fun and, and do crazy shit like this. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely, like, the start of his, like, movie career. I remember he's in, like, Place Beyond the Pines. And then Moonlight. That's where he won his first Oscar, right? And then he won for uh, The Green Book, yeah. Yeah, The Green Book. He was in Luke Cage, True Detective. So, like, I've seen a bunch. Oh, House of Cards. Yeah, but point being, this was, like, one of the earlier movies he was in. So between Adrian Brody and him, we've got our Oscar winners. I think Larry Fishburne was nominated. I don't think he ever won. And then, what, we've got... 
Larry Fishburne. You just mentioned him, so I was going to well, say Well, yeah, Larry, Larry Fishburne. Fishburne. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Larry Fishburne. So there was a rumor that he's supposed to be playing Danny Glover's Danny character. Glover, yeah. I feel like there was a rumor, I remember hearing it before it came out, that Danny Glover and Arnold were supposed to make cameos. And the big thing was, people always were like, how did Danny Glover, like, it wasn't easy, but like, how did he kill the Predator versus like Arnold having such a hard time? And there was always like that kind of like stuff about it. So I feel like in this movie, they wanted to be like, oh, like he was captured and then he like survived this, you know, like, but like has gone insane. And then the original ending that I read was instead of all the parachutes coming down, all of a sudden another alien ship is supposed to show up and like land, like where the other one like took off, you know, like right around like that camp area and a bunch of predators come off almost like predator two style. And they're all nervous. And then like, you see like Larry Fishburne used the cloaking mechanism. The same thing happens in this and it's older Dutch. And he's like, you can come with us. And it's just like a bunch of predators on a road trip killing like bad people around like the world or galaxy, I guess, or something. He's like, come with me if you want to live. We'll go into a whole other franchise. We're going to be, be a bunch of predators. I think I did hear something like that, that they tried or wanted Arnold back, or they've always been trying to get Dutch back into one of these movies. And in fact, he's mentioned, I think by name in this movie, the Alice Braga character, Isabel, she kind of recaps the whole first movie you know adrian brody is like you weren't surprised when we saw the predator for the first time and she's like yeah i know the whole deal he's got the inside scoop from guatemala and do you know her from much i mean she was just in the new suicide squad i've seen her in a bunch of things new mutants city of god yeah exactly that city of god is like the big thing you know that i know her from she and showed then, up in i am legend at the end yeah there. exactly yeah. i am legend which they're making a sequel to that supposedly right all right. Oh, Red Belt. That was a great movie. Okay. Yeah. So I knew I knew her from tons of things, but like she's the only female of the crew, you know? So like she's the female lead. She's basically the second lead in the movie. It's like her and Adrian Brody. So it's like really cool yeah. that, that we have her here in like such a sort of predominant position. Well, she's going to survive. She's like her and Adrian Brody are going to survive. So that's cool. I guess depending on how you look at it, you got to go through the gauntlet all over again. Damn. But yeah. So it's a pretty depressing ending. Yeah. And then let's see the rest of the team. So I, I mentioned him, Topher Grace. That's out of like left field. He's the surprise. It's funny how the whole movie, like, or at least Adrian Brody, with all of his great instincts, he's like, hey, he doesn't belong. Like, you know, maybe yeah, exactly. Him by that's it's that's. Totally- I'm sorry. That's the big thing. Like, so he has the inst. Adrian Brody had the instinct, like at the end, but in, all in the beginning, like recognize it. You know, like being like the sun's not moving and yada, just all of that stuff. Pointing out, oh, we are the worst of the worst, or like we're the best of the best of what we do. We're all taking out a battle, and like he's just even like, I was just in my car driving to like the dentist office it's like no motherfucker like clearly you are here for a reason they didn't fuck up and bring you across the galaxy for no reason that's a weak plot hole and i'm just kind of surprised also let's be honest post spider-man 3 that topher is put into any kind of like franchise actiony kind of thing you know he's not an action guy in this he ends up he's, he's a serial killer and that's why he was chosen yeah when all of a sudden he just like has like no movement to his face yeah it's like i'm sorry this guy is a 
creep from the start. He's the one I trust the least out of this yeah. entire crew when we first get going, you know? He knows too much weird shit about, like, medical things. He, he's not a doctor. Like, he talks about weird, creepy stuff. Like, I just don't like him, his vibe, his whole thing. And, and like, that I felt like Adrian Brody should have been like, you know, let's use him as bait. Just as far as the storytelling goes, and they, like, clear, like they show us his cards when he, like, lies about, like, oh, and, like, don't leave me, my kid. Like, when his leg gets maimed. And he's like, don't leave me, I've got kids. And he shows, like, the guy from Chechnya's, like, kids or whatever. So it's like, you're you're already weirdly, like, showing his cards to us before the reveal of him in the pit with Alice Braga. It's a little weird. And I thought that whole thing in Lawrence Fishburne's, like, apartment was weird. You know, I was like, where is this going? Oh, he's just going to try and kill them all? Like, and he's talking to himself. It's like, I feel like they tried to do two much <laughs> it's it's weird but it definitely at least like serves a per- like it, it again that's why it almost seems like it's like a heavy cameo so like if it was danny glover you'd be like oh my god that's so sad like because at least then you have the history to him versus larry fishburne i just like told myself that his character actually didn't die in apocalypse now and and kept serving in the military and then he was kidnapped or whatever let's see who else do we got here oh my god walton goggins well, one of my favorite character actors of all time. Oh, I couldn't believe he was here either. I was trying to strain myself from where I had first seen him, and this must be it. I don't know, because I haven't, forgive me, audience, I haven't seen Justified yet. What? Okay. I know, I know. All right, that's that's crazy. That's insane. That's absolutely, <laughs> that's fucking bonkers. I'm someone, I never, I was never into The Shield, though. So that would be, yeah, I think that's what, where a majority of people were introduced to him as The Shield. That was a big one. Yeah, I think he's in a, a machete. He's involved with like Tarantino and Rodriguez early on in his career. You know, he bounces between the two of them. You know, he was in Hateful Eight. I never saw House of a Thousand Corpses. Supposedly he's in that. Oh, and then if he was, I don't remember. Maybe he was one yeah, of the Yeah, I, I, th- I think at that point it just seems like small roles because he's also in Born Identity and a small role looks like. Well, yeah, he was in like G.I. Joe 2 as like the leader of some Supermax prison and he came in, strutted into that scene and fucking owned that movie. And I was like, sweet, this guy's going to be in the movie. And then he gets taken out in the scene. He's not in the rest of the movie. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, well. <laughs> totally. The shield is like his big thing. 86 episodes with that and then after that it's uh yeah this is no this is um like his first like big movie then after that's like cowboys and aliens uh straw dogs and Django oh, and he gets into the rotation he starts having like Which a real I, career. yeah exactly but still like one of the greatest like television act- i mean him him is boyd crowder and justified i mean you know paired the yin yang with him and timothy oliphant is just fantastic but then him like comedically him on vice principles i mean also in ant-man and the wasp righteous gemstones him as Baby Billy. Yeah, Uncle Baby Billy. Misbehaving. So fucking good. So he's just he's just fantastic. So so good. He's just really one of like my favorite character actors. He's just always such a treat. And he's just so fucking weird in this movie with this tattoo of his naked sister on his body. 100% way inappropriate. I mean, obviously that is. But point being, it is a movie about the worst of the worst. And it's just like, this guy is insane. He does try to do like the right thing. He, he gets blasted by the laser, but he's wearing a, something that he stole from Larry Fishburne. But then the, one of the craziest fucking on-screen deaths ever. We get to see the action that the Predator does in all the other movies, which is take the skull and the spinal cord out and we see and this is an r movie which people were very happy about post because avp 
was PG-13. I think AVP, was it called? Requiem? They made that R, but it was like a sloppy R. It's like the same kind of stupid R that like Punisher Warzone is. B-movie cheap shit. And so, which is fun sometimes, obviously. But this is like a good, like a decent studio film and trying to get back to the roots. I mean, there's just so many great things about this movie in the sense of using a lot of like the same original music and everything like that. Oh, that's that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, and just with some of the other characters, as as far as the rest of the team, I mean, we didn't mention Danny Trejo, so obviously Robert Rodriguez, like, collaborator. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was sort of a given. I guess we do have to just technically mention Danny Trejo is in a Robert Rodriguez production. Even though it's not directed by Robert Rodriguez, it's a Nimrod Antal. I think I've seen one or two of his other movies. I think he did a Machete 2 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. Danny Trejo's here. He's great. He gets taken out way too soon. He's used by the Predators as bait to try and lure them in. He seemed to be one of the only guys early on that was like, we need to like work together and like there's something out there and like we might not be where we think we are, you know? So like he needed to die early because he was sort of like ahead of the game. I, w- I was thinking anyway, I could be wrong, but... He also recognized, like, Adrian Brody knows his shit. Like, I will stick with him. Yeah, Mahershal Ali is, like, a Somalian, like, kind of, like... I guess a mercenary. And him and Walton Goggins, who Walton Goggins is, like, a horrible racist, uh, you know. Yeah, still wearing his prison colors and everything, like... One of my favorite other characters in it, the last guy of, like, their team, and pretty much, like, the only actor we haven't mentioned yet, is this guy, Louis Ozawa. Louis Ozawa Chang Chin, yeah. As Hanzo. As Hanzo. And so he's awesome. He's um, Yakuza. Yeah, Yakuza. And so then he finds like the samurai sword and he gets to have a very similar to like one of my favorite characters in the first Predator. He gets to have like a Billy moment where he stands off. Except we don't see Billy die in the first one. Billy's just one of the coolest characters. It's like, Billy ain't afraid of no man. And then he's got that big ass knife and then we just see him like he takes his like vest off and like cuts his chest and waiting on the log and then we just hear billy scream in the distance it's like ah man like i mean it's great because it leaves the imagination but in this we see hanzo waiting in the fields and just like having a complete battle because it's three predators chasing them yeah that is awesome it's so cool looking it's very sort of authentic samurai style and you know what i like about this crew most of all is everybody feels different like i was worried there's eight of them like i'm gonna get them confused or they're, yeah, they're all bringing feel... something different to the table danny Trejo yeah, has yeah. like the two machine guns but like even aside from that like personality wise like each oh, of the yeah, actors definitely. It, yeah oh it's, it's a pretty it's a diverse cast yeah yeah but i mean it just seems like each of the actors went home and studied who they were before they got to the planet and like concocted all kinds of backstories and they just feel like very lived in types of people you know like people who like characters who don't doubt who they are or anything, which is kind of tough to do with a cast this size, you know, and uh, this many personalities. But. And a movie that, like, has a good pace to it. It moves along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very fast. It's an hour and 47 minutes. That's great. So many more movies should be that way, especially action movies. So you mentioned it. That we got three Predators chasing them. We got four Predators in the movie. We have an original Predator, and we have three sort of, like, alpha Predators that we come to Yeah, that's like, blood feud that's happening in the Predator world. Yeah, which we don't get much into in the movie, but... It's okay, but it's just, like, that and then the Topher Grace twist of, like, him also then being, like... I get it, because the movie's called Predators, so you're recognizing that these people are even our even our victims are like main humans are predators themselves so like i i get that but like we are the walking dead kind of thing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 
yeah, like I am legend, like him realizing, oh, I'm the monster. Like, this right, is the right. Now. Yeah, the blood feud and the Topher Grace thing, I think, are like the weakest points of it. But there's other cool things, like we get predator type dogs. The doggos. Adds, I kind of like yeah, them. Which, yeah, they're yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I like them. And then the one fun thing that I don't know if I ever read this, but again, when rereading just some like trivia or facts, was that the other alien creature we see in this is the original design for the predator that. That Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to play? Yeah. And then he, when he left and they scrapped the look and Stan Winston came in with that amazing... Which also I read recently, I read recently with Prey coming out, that it was James Cameron that inspired and like he was on a plane with Stan Winston or whatever, I guess. Uh, I forget what that's called, but the way the Predator's like teeth, like the crab kind of thing it does... Uh-huh. He said he always wanted to see a character in a movie have those. And so James Cameron inspired Stan Winston to do that. I love, I've always loved, and I still continue to love the design of the Predator. Oh, it's one of the greatest designs ever. I wish we had more than one classic Predator in this, because I don't quite love the redesign when we get the helmets no, off of it, the new boys. They look a little, like, egghead-y. I don't know if they, like, had some CGI to help finish them off. Or at least since they're darker, it just, it looked harder to depict. And I couldn't tell if there was, like, some CGI added to, like, the eyes or whatever. But, but I'll tell you this much about their designs. When they got their helmets on, fucking cool as hell with those bone extensions. Like, the jawbone and the tusks. And they each have, like, different... That is awesome. That's badass. I really like the way that looked. I agree. Like, I wish, um, you know, the, the blood feud thing... I don't know how they could have explained it deeper. Uh, otherwise, that's, just yeah, like kind of like, tough. yeah, otherwise just kind of leave that speculation out. Just, you know, just be like, oh, uh, it's just like, you know, humans, like they don't all get along. <laughs> the other previous ones. So in AVP there, I think there's also three, but they're like doing that whole ritual with the xenomorphs. So that's like different enough. It's like a ritual, right? A passage. Yeah, exactly. It's, well, it's, it's, it's kind of like, what's her name and pray? doing like that whole thing oh good call um, yeah but uh it would be different enough the fact that they're on this alien planet which again i don't think that they hid in the trailer but that is a great reveal when they're on the ledge and they see like the fucking moon and like you know like, yeah one's like all shit. exploded and one looks something like a jupiter planet yeah yeah it's just cool it just leaves like people to like their imagination like all the other shit that has like happened that crash ship that larry's hanging out in i think it would have been enough if it was three regular predators totally when they get to that camp you know like i'm just trying to think of things that we would have missed like obviously that's when alice braga sees it and adrian brody is just like you recognize that thing but then it would have been enough that you know larry fishburne is just like he says it to him he's like yeah the, the ship is right there you guys didn't see it like so it's not like we would have needed that aspect but i'm just trying to think of um what we would have missed if we didn't have this one predator like the OG Predator tied up in this like weird blood feud kind of thing. Yeah. Like I wouldn't mind so much if it was the Predator that was tied up. I thought they were going to free him much earlier because like even in AVP, they sort of, you know, can recognize the enemy of my enemy is my friend yeah. sort of situation. In The Predator, the next movie, when the Predator comes to Earth, he's actually trying to warn us that like an even bigger, badder Predator has been everything it hunts it integrates into its dna and it's evolving and changing and it's like causing problems in the predator community and shit and there's been meetings about this thing and like we can't stop it so so another thing that kind of not bothered me but confused me a little is like oh they run into a completely different type of alien but like he's he's like what is this oh there's just other creatures from other planets on this 
moon that are also being hunted it's like why even yeah he was in this other crate yeah yeah it's like why why even introduce that if we're not going to follow up on it kind of thing where it's like oh you know don't play coy if you're not going to explore and it's like we don't need to explore that we don't really need warring factions of predators we could just have three of them kicking ass i'm very curious as to how much of this when when writing it they were just like oh this would be a fun string to pull at in future installments it feels like a reboot it very much is like a reboot of the original way including so it's the force awakens you know like i'm saying it just had that guy with the same gun as jesse ventura and then you like you have even like the get to the chopper moment you have the covered in mud moment you have the billy like you know versus predator moment yes you um, get all the callbacks all yeah, of the you get easter the callbacks. eggs yeah exactly you even get the finding the other dead soldiers like they do in the first predator you know and like you mentioned we get to see walton goggins get his spine ripped out you know like that yeah. is a major callback it's like here you go i mean it's got a lot of cool stuff in it and it quite literally is world building in this movie so it's just yeah i'm just kind of curious now i'm just like scrolling through imdb and i wanted to see how much this movie made uh, budget was 40 million and uh it only worldwide gross 127 million yeah so you know just didn't didn't do that great i guess it became part of marketing where it's like they were dropping the number. So I think if they called it Predator 3, it might have sold a little better, to be quite honest. Because I saw the term Predators, and I thought like you did, like they're sort of wiping the whole slate clean and starting over. I didn't really dawn on me for a long time that this is actually in continuity. You know, like that this is the third one. Uh, they referenced the first movie in it. Danny Glover isn't here, but Lawrence Fishburne might be a callback to him. That kind of stuff. It even took me, someone who I consider myself pretty hip to this stuff, you know, kind of missing out really on what they were going for, I guess, on the first time around. But I've definitely come around after watching it now. And yeah, I think that this is a pretty kick-ass fun time. You know, it's a cool sci-fi action movie. It's a fun sci-fi action movie. It has like that cliffhanger ending, like just like a depressing kind of ending. Like that just, how often are they dropping fucking parachutes? Like how often are these hunts happening? Yeah, it seems like every day, every two days. (laughs) Yeah, and is this hunt going to happen? Like the new crates that were being dropped for the three predators like that are killed now? Are they just going to be other aliens that they can't communicate that these humans can't communicate with it's just kind of messed up in that sense so in 2020 there's a film called jujitsu which is an american science fiction martial arts film starring none other than frank grillo and nicholas cage and it's based on a comic book but it is technically predator Nick Cage and these commandos are out in the middle of the jungle somewhere and this crazy alien shows up with cloaking technology and hunts them all down. (laughs) I think Cage ends up killing him with a sword, but the monster shoves like a grenade down his pants or something and they end up killing each other. I'm not sure how it ends exactly. They destroy the portal so none of them could get back to Earth. It's wild, Kyle, but I I just... Wild, Kyle. But I just needed you to know that Nick Cage did sort of a offshoot predator film of his own recently called jujitsu which joey and i have covered on the cage club podcast network that's awesome anything else about predators or predator 3 or robert rodriguez presents predator yeah you know like i wish more spun from it because i think there was some more story to tell because also like 
they've now made two other Predator films, right? So there's five in total. Yeah, there's five in the main sort of Predator timeline. I mean, now they've just jumped so far back in time. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see Adrian Brody or Alice Braga again. It's funny because now in Prey, they show the pistol that is handed to Danny Glover at the end of Predator 2. Yes, they've linked they've linked those two movies together. With yeah, they've pistol. linked those yeah. movies. So it's just it's just interesting. They're still choosing to do that. It's just, you know, it's just it's the most installments of a franchise that really aren't connecting to one another. I think what they're doing now is realizing like they might have something and now if Disney starts paying for more Predator movies, they've laid groundwork to go and do other things and connect yeah. back to the original franchise. And so I'm hearing a lot of chatter online. People are like, hey, drop the Predator in feudal Japan, drop them in medieval London, England or whatever, you know, have yeah, fight it could be, yeah, King it could Arthur be really... and shit and like do yeah, all that. That could be really fun. And you know, then fuck, give, then give me, I know they did, didn't they? I mean, obviously they did, you know, versus Alien already, which I think that they could do a better version of that somehow. Give me fucking RoboCop and fucking Terminator. Ooh, now we're talking. You know, put, like, put, yeah, yeah, put the Terminators against the fucking Predators. I'd love those comics were cool. There's comics of all of those mashups out there during the 90s. <laughs> and the, wouldn't that be fucking awesome that like it's technically Dutch's back, but he's the Terminator? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. You know, like I think there's still potential for more crossovers with other franchises than Prey has breathed new life and exciting sort of possibilities back into the Predator franchise. Yeah, I'm praying. Hey, nice one. I don't see why Adrian Brody, there's a better chance of him coming back before Arnold, and I think we might see Arnold before the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, I think we, he might show up with a missing an arm and, like, a long white beard and, like... Yeah, that would be really cool. Maybe he has dreadlocks and shit, and he's wearing fishnets, and he's, like, part of the tribe now, or something and there's a human tribe you know of survivors well that would be really cool that's what again that's what i, I think they were going to do at the end of it, it would be, like it would just been really like a guardians of the galaxy fucking <laughs> style like wouldn't it have been cool if you saw like a tamed xenomorph and then like a and then a, a pre, what are the i forget the name of the predator they have a name but imagine you see dutch and then you see like a xenomorph then uh you know a whatever the predators are called it's a weird name. It's it's called uh, Yacha Y A U T J A. It's pronounced Yautja. Okay. Yautja. Okay. Doesn't really roll off your tongue. Yautja. Yeah. Yautja. You know, just like it'd be cool if you saw like a ragtag team on that ship, and they're like, "Come on, Adrian Brody and Alice Braga." But I mean, yeah, Adrian Brody. I mean, he's been in so many um, like B. He was this like most recent movie was he played the, a fucking garbage man that like literally cleans up the town like in a in a criminal sense. So I mean, times are tough. It'd be funny. Yeah, the door opens and Adrian Brody's like, "What are y'all? Some kind of predator squad or something?" <laughs> Just a bunch of a-holes. Yeah. Well, I guess that'll be a good place to wrap it up for tonight, Kyle. Thank you so much for joining me in this timely episode as we cover Predators while Prey is doing gangbusters streaming. Thank you very much for stopping by tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was it was fun to talk a non-Marvel, non-Star Wars uh, property, although there's plenty of connections. So. Yeah, and you know we'll be back on our Marvel bullshit soon enough. There's still a couple part threes. We got to do X3. <laughs> 
Punisher Warzone. So the third Fantastic Four movie, if we're counting the Roger Corman one, is technically the second Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. So that's tolerable. We could do that one. But you'll be back (laughs) soon, someday. Until then, is there anything you'd like to say or have the people online try and find or follow you anywhere out there? Yeah, just, you know, check out all the great podcasts on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Obviously, I'm, uh, you know, part of foodie films and uh p.s i love hoffman but i also guest you know besides this show the other show i really guest on is um high school slumber party so check that out oh and your guys is uh uncle francis's uh wine cellar right? yeah um, which is really cool fun show and can't wait to be on some more episodes talking non godfather related co- Copeland, <laughs> yeah and then if you're uh, if you guys are ever in uh want to do something fun on the weekends if you live in new jersey or you don't have to live in new jersey but in jersey city new jersey i host food tours the company is called beyond the plate food tours so just something really uh fun and interesting to do and so just hit me up if you have any questions on instagram at foodie films media and yeah just all that good stuff thank you for having me on mr manzi absolutely and until next time get to the chopper do it for another episode of third time's a charm gotta thank kyle for stopping by and helping me take out that alien creature once and for all i hope there aren't more of them out there check out kyle in jersey city if you're there and on cageclub.me on all of his great shows such as foodie films and p.s i love hoffman Catch me on other shows, such as The Monsters That Made Us. The last Friday of every month, Dan Colon and myself are going through the Universal Monsters classic movies. And Viva Pod Vegas with Joey Lewandowski, where we watch all the Elvis movies, mostly for the first time. Over 30 shows can be found on cageclub.me, and this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are found on the internet. So leave a review on iTunes and write to me at 3 at cageclub.me. That's T-H-R-E-E at cageclub.me. And until next time... That's the magic number. Yes, Three. it is. It's the magic number. Three, Three may still be me, and that's the magic number. What does it all mean?